Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. here at Emmanuel Church. Uh, thanks to our worship team, E-Worship, album coming soon. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they're looking at me like, no, no, not yet. We're not ready for that yet. But thank you for joining us here online. We are so glad for you to be here today. If you're watching, uh, do not forget to share this. Uh, do not forget to share this. Don't forget to like it, subscribe it, share it with some, subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Um, this, this helps us to be able to better reach people. I don't want to sound like a YouTuber or anything like that, saying like and subscribe to the channel, you know, anything. But, yeah, do it because it does help us to reach more people. If you share this content, if you share with this live stream right now so that we can better reach people, you can be a part of it, too, just by clicking share. It, it's, it's real simple. Wherever you're at, just do that so that, we can reach people who have never watched us before, here, never heard about Jesus. Maybe they haven't heard, heard about Jesus. And it's been a long time since they've been to the church or been to church. And, and this gives you an opportunity to share something with them, to bless someone's timeline with the word of God, with worship. And we just, we're so grateful for those of you who are doing that right now. If you're watching us and this first time watching us, your first time joining us here at Emmanuel Church, I want you to to text FTG. If you don't know what that stands for, it stands for First Time Guest to the number that's on the screen right now. And that is going to send you a link, just one link. It won't email you again, won't text message you again, but it'll send you a link to for us to connect better with you so we can get to know you a little bit better, so we can uh, connect with you, contact with you, pr- uh, pray with you. And, and we want to do that. We want to better serve you. So if it's the first time you're ever watching go ahead and do that. But if you are a regular here and you uh, miss us, we miss you too. We want you to be able to continue supporting this ministry by giving online. You can go to mymanualchurch.com slash give, or you can give through text message by texting the amount you want to give to 84321. Your offering, your gifts are, are supporting what we are doing here so that we can continue to stream online and do our best to reach people. So thank you once again for joining us here today. We are so glad that you can be here. We are so glad that um, you have an opportunity this Sunday. We know Sundays, Sundays we like to sleep in. People like to sleep in. I like to sleep in, you know. There's that uh, a meme I see a lot that talks about like, oh, I'm late for school, you know. Oh, wait, I graduated. Oh, wait, I'm the teacher. You know, sometimes I feel like that on Sunday mornings where it's like, oh, you know, maybe I can just sleep in. Oh, wait, I'm the pastor. I have to to be there. I have to be there today. But 
We are so glad you could join us. Uh, today, I'm going to continue in the line of thought that I did, uh, that I was speaking on last week. We're not in a series right now, but uh, last week I spoke on trusting God and how we can try to trust God in the middle of difficult circumstances. And I want to continue that line of thought. God has continued to put that on my heart, and I know it's difficult. So I want us as a church to be able to do our best to learn to trust God better, to to be uh, um, more confident in who God is, to be more confident in how we can trust God in, in what we're doing and, and how we're living our lives. And it's not always easy, you know. Have you ever done anything that uh, anybody online? Have you ever done anything? I mean, for our team here, you ever done anything that you thought you could handle? And you were wrong. It's like, oh yeah, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I, I, I can take care of this. I, I have the tools. I have what I need. Or I'm strong enough. I'm, I'm smart enough to be able to do this. It, it happens all the time. You know, we humans, we have a, a lot of pride in things. Especially in certain things about when it comes to family or our own abilities. Even if deep down we don't believe that we're capable on the outside we're going to try and make people believe that we're capable of it. I think that's where a lot of people do dumb things online. And it's like, no, I can do this. I can do this. And then it just ends badly. One particular time, we, uh, I, I may have shared, shared this story before uh, for those that are listening. But there was a time we were moving a, a TV screen that was here in the church, in our church building. And... Uh, my, my dad, one of our senior pastors, he was telling me, uh, I was telling him about my idea where we should move it. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be a good idea, but you should wait for me. And I thought, it's not that hard. I, I can do that. I can do that by myself. So I got myself a ladder, got myself the tools that I needed. I unhitched it, uh, I un- uh, took it off from the wall. And I was just uh, thinking, you know, it's okay. I've got this. I I am taking care of this. But for some reason, for some reason, I thought it was good enough. I thought that I had everything all together. And I dropped it. I dropped the TV. And it didn't fall far, but it hit the ladder. And I was like, oh, God, this is a disaster. But then I put the TV down and I looked at it and I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 it's fine. The screen doesn't look cracked or anything like that. I I thought it hit it pretty hard, but it's okay. Uh, I think we'll make it out of this. So I turned it on and it turns out that the screen was undeniably cracked from the inside. I cracked the inside of the screen, which is the worst part of the screen to crack. And it just, it was, it it looked horrible. No, yeah, it was bad. I thought I could handle it. And I told myself I was doing the right thing. I was trusting God. I was trusting God. That's the rest of the sermon. Uh, I was trusting myself and trusting in my strength and saying, I can do this, but I couldn't. I wasn't able to do what I needed to do. I wasn't able to do what was uh, the thing I wanted to. And we're like that. We're like that. We, we tell ourselves that if we are confident enough, or, and sometimes we even use the Bible to justify it, you know? Sometimes we even use the Bible to justify it. Like one of the most popular verses out there is Philippians 4.13. 
You know, I can, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And yet, that verse is almost always applied to, if I'm an athlete, <laughs> I can do, uh, I can, I can score the goal. I, I can do this, you know. There's no, it's always seemed to be paired with motivational, athletic kind of things or, or movies like Facing the Giants or stuff like that. Like that's a, a key idea behind it. Yeah, and people do it. They use it for stuff like that. Well, you know, if I can do all things through Christ, I can be successful through Jesus. And we we tell ourselves that this is trusting God. When I think we have it wrong. That's really trusting in ourselves. Because if we understood what was going on behind the context, behind the story of why the Apostle Paul wrote that, if we forget about that, then we miss the point. Because Paul was in jail. He was in prison. He was suffering. He was going through difficult things. They beat him. They treated him poorly. He didn't have a lot of food to eat. He didn't have what he he needed. He wasn't able to preach the gospel as much as he wanted to because he was trapped in prison. And yet at the end of it in here, and he says, I can do this through Christ. See, we try to take it to good things, good situations. But Paul says, I can make it through the suffering. In the middle of my suffering, I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. We can only get to that point if we allow ourselves to trust in God. But the problem is we trust ourselves more than we trust God. Now I want to share a story from 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 9 to 15. And it says like this, the Israelites secretly did things against the Lord, their God, that were not right. From a watchtower to, from watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all their towns. They set up sacred stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under, and under every spreading tree. At every high place, they burned incense as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things that aroused the Lord's anger. They worshiped idols. Though the Lord had said, you shall not do this. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers, turn from your evil ways, observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey and that I delivered to you through my servants and prophets. But they would not listen, and they were as stiff-necked as their ancestors who did not trust in the Lord their God. They rejected his decrees and the covenant he made with, with their ancestors and the statutes he had warned them to keep. They followed worthless idols, and themselves and themselves became worthless. They imitated nations around them, although the Lord, Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do. Now, this was a habit of the people of Israel. They had a habit of disobeying God and doing things like nations around them. But I, I like the way this, this portion of Kings puts it because it says the, the, the Israelites secretly did things. You know, and, and I think that's what we think that we, we, we're sly enough to get by God. We're secretive enough to get by God. Well, if I do it this way, if I do this, then God... He's not going to get angry at me. He's not going to get upset with me if I do it this way. I'm trusting him. I'm telling God, I'm doing this, and I'm putting it in your hands. More like we're telling God, this is what we're going to do. 
And so we try to make it seem as holy as possible, but yet there is there, there's selfishness in it. We are setting ourselves up in place of God. And, and that pride, that, 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 that strength that we think we have, we think it's most important. And we tell God that it's what we can do. So we do what the people of Israel did. Maybe we're not following idols like we're following false gods and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But we tell ourselves, if I am strong enough, if I am smart enough, if I learn more, if I am capable, if I learn new skills and do new things, I'm the one that can take care of this. And I don't. God doesn't have to worry about me, you know. We follow the adage like there's, there's this saying that I've met a lot of people who think that it's in the Bible. And it's not in the Bible. It, it, it really isn't. I don't know who said it. I can't really tell you who said it in, fir- in the first place. I think some people attribute it to Benjamin Franklin, but I don't know that Benjamin Franklin said this or who said it, but it's a popular saying that says, God helps those who help themselves. There are a lot of people that think that this is biblical. It's in the Bible, but it's not. The Bible does not say that. It doesn't say that God helps those who help themselves. In fact, it says, don't trust yourself, trust God. Don't lean on your strength, trust God. But see, the people of Israel, they were not doing that. They were trusting their strength, and they said, we know what's best. We know what's wisest. We know what's the, what, what's the thing we need to do. And so we're going to set up these idols, these places to these other gods, because they seem more real to us than our God. And they had a habit of doing this because they didn't like the fact that they couldn't see God. They didn't like the fact that when they were struggling, it didn't feel like God would answer their prayers or hear them. They didn't like the fact that they couldn't see results from God. And so they tried other avenues and they set themselves up ultimately as gods above God. And they say, we know best. This is what's best for Israel. This is what's best for us. And they messed themselves up. It tells us they followed worthless idols and they themselves became worthless. They became these people who, who were supposed, they were called to be a nation that was set apart for God. Yet they became just like everybody else. You know, I think that's what we try to do a lot of times. We, it's not that we're trying to mess ourselves up or we're not trying, we're not, I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning. It's like, today I'm going to ruin my life. I, I don't think anybody does that. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Messing up our lives just happens as an accident. You know, we do things and it's like, oh, my life is ruined. At least that's what we feel. But we tell God these things and we become like everybody else. We try to become unique and, and special and different, yet then we end up being just like everybody else well i'm doing something different but what are your motives what, what what's behind that well i'm just trying to, to to be good to do this to do that yeah but what, where's your heart at it's just like everybody else you're looking after the same things that everyone else is money sex popularity whatever you know we want these things from the world and then we end up becoming like the world even though god has called us to be something different he told us if we trust in him, we're going to be able to see things. We're going to be able to take care of things. Troubles are nothing in the face of God. Worries are nothing in the face of God. Problems are nothing in the face of God. Yet we think we know better. So we set ourselves up in God. 
we, we take things into our own hands and think we can do this, just like me, my story. I ended up ruining a whole perfectly good TV, and it was a nice TV too, you know? And we do that, though. But if we try to take things into our own hands, we allow ourselves to ruin our lives, to ruin the things around us, and to ruin, not, not to ruin God's plans, but to step away from God's plans for our lives. God's plans are never gone. In fact, we can turn back to that. God wants us to return to him. He wants us to return to trusting in him. He wants us to be able to put him first. When, when we're struggling with something, he doesn't want us to go to our, our addictions, our, to our, our crutches, to people, to, 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 to tell them what it is that's going on, to try and figure out the solution ourselves. He wants us to go to him first. He wants that. He leaves that door open. God never abandons us, even when we set ourselves up as our own gods. Even when we set ourselves up as wiser than God, smarter than God. I'm here to tell you, you ain't smarter than God. You are not wiser than God. You don't know more than God. You don't have more power than God. You do not. I do not. So what do we do? What do we need to do then? What do we need to do? First of all, we need to ask ourselves, what have we taken into our own hands that we need to let go? Back to God. Some of us have taken our futures and said, my future is mine. I know who I'm going to marry. Do you? Do you? Like, are you sure you are the right judge of character? (laughs) Like, people sometimes think that I I, I know, I know, I know good people when I think. And then, you know, relationships end badly. Do, do, can we really trust ourselves with that? Can we trust ourselves with our success and our future? We think we know what we want to do. And let, let's be real. Like, for all the high school students that are getting ready to graduate out there, like, I'm a, I, a piece of advice. When I was graduating, and these guys can tell you here too, right? When they graduate, it's like, it's okay not to know, you know? But everybody tells you you need to know. You don't. It's okay. It's fine. In fact, I would argue that it's better not to know and say, God, here is my future. What's the next step should I take? What are my passions? What, what, what have you put in my heart that I can pursue? Looking for God instead of trying to organize it ourselves and say, God, here is my future. You take it. Here is my, my future spouse. I don't know who they are, but here they are. Or maybe, God, you want me to be single, and I'm here struggling. Just to be clear, not everybody is called to be single. (laughs) The Bible says that is a special gift. I mean, it's a gift to be married, and it's a gift to be single. Either way, you have a special gift. You need to trust God with that. God, what am I supposed to do with that? God, I I don't know. I I feel like I don't have money. I feel like I don't have enough success, enough popularity. Like, people don't know who I am. Trust God with that. And he will put you people in front of you who you need to meet, who you need to encounter, to do the things that he has called you to do. We need to take our lives out of our hands and give them to Jesus. Because he's the one that knows best. He sees it all. He sees a picture that we don't see. He sees the future. He sees the past. He sees the things that are on, on our sides that we don't see. You know, peripheral vision. Like, peripheral vision allows you to see, like, out of the corner of your eye. 
high. But you can only see so much. And really, if you, if you take a moment to think about it, you're looking at the screen, try to look to the sides of your peripheral vision without moving your eyes. You can only see so much, and then it's kind of blurry. You know, you don't, you don't really see it clearly. God can see that clearly. And we can't see what's behind us, but he can. So we need to take out of our hands what we think we can do better than God and give it back to him. The other thing we need to do is we need to trust and obey God's commands. Now, I know we don't like that word. We don't like that word, obey. You know? We don't. Like, I mean, y'all need to stay safe out there. And there are a lot of people protesting stay-at-home orders, and that's just not smart. They're, 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 they're opening up opportunities for more people to get sick because they don't want to obey. They, I, I have freedom. This is America, land of the free. You know? We think like that. We think, I can do whatever I want. Well, maybe, but is it best? Is it wise? Do we know what we're supposed to be doing? And and therein lies that answer, the answer there. God knows things that we don't know. So if God asks of us to do something, that's because he sees something and he knows something that we don't. He knows that if we follow what he is asking us to do, it is better in the long run for our lives than what we would decide to do. If he says, stay at home, there is a reason for that. Stay at home, there is a reason for that. You know, in my, I, in high school I had, um, I don't know if my wife is watching this, but she knows. In high school, I had, I had a girlfriend who we dated for five years throughout all of high school and throughout after high school. And we broke up. I remember I was so distraught. But I, I was going to pick up the phone. The moment we broke up, I was going to pick up the phone. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to call her. I'm going to fix things so that, so that I can fix this and we can be together again. And I remember distinctly, clearer than most of the times in my life, hearing the Holy Spirit tell me, don't pick up that phone. And I was angry, but I didn't do it because in that moment, I I trusted God and I said, God, you must know better, but I hate this. And then I met my wife five years ago. Our dating anniversary was two days ago. We've been dating for five years, married. We're still dating. I still date my wife. That's important. Uh, We've been together for five years. And if I had not said If I had not listened to what God told me, though, I might not have met my wife. I I may not have met Lijinska. I I don't know what would have happened to me. God knew better because he had someone for me prepared in my future that I didn't see yet. So when he asks us to listen to his commands, when he tells us to love people, it's because he knows better. When he asks us to not do things, it's because he's looking out for our safety, not because he's trying to not make us have fun. That's the thing a lot of people say. Christians, they're just not fun people. No, 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 no. If God is asking us not to do something, it's because he sees something that we don't know. You know, Samson in the Bible, there's a guy by the name of Samson. He was told not to cut his hair and to do not certain other things. But that was just Samson. He said, Samson, I don't want you to, 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 to be drinking. I don't want you to cut your hair. I don't want you to do these things. Because he knew his addictive personality. 
He knew already the problems that he had with women, with alcohol. He knew what was going to happen if, if Samson let himself get into that. And what happened? Those behaviors became a problem for him and ruined the things that he could have done for God because he allowed them to overtake. He said, I know better than God, so I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. When God asks us not to do things or when he asks us to do something, it's because he sees and knows better than us. He's trying to look out for us and give us the best he can offer us. So we need to follow him. We need to listen. In fact, you can't even say, I love God or love Jesus without listening to him. Jesus said that. He said, if you, he says, if you want to show me that you love me, then obey my commands. Listen to my voice when I ask you to do. And the third thing we need to do is we need to be honest with ourselves about our intentions. See, a lot of people have good intentions for things, you know. Well, you know, and that's how people get hurt. Well, I didn't intend to hurt someone. Has anybody ever told you that? I didn't intend to hurt you. By the way, you know, I've made that mistake a lot of times in my life. If you start an apology by saying, well, I didn't intend to, that's not an apology. You're just trying to cover for yourself. Come on, somebody. It's not about what you intended to do. It's about what happened. Intentions can be good and intentions can be bad but their effects are real just because you had good intentions doesn't mean that you did something you didn't do anything wrong just because you had good intentions doesn't mean that you are on the right path or that you know what you're supposed to be doing well you know i i i i I want to do my best for god in everything that we do yet we might cheat in school or cut corners at work Are, are we We have good intentions because we're trying to get better grades or look good in front of our boss. But is that right for us? Is that right for us to do that? Do we really want what is best from our family? You know, I'll tell this. I was a youth pastor for many years, so I say this with a lot of knowledge and experience that I've seen through the years. Parents, you may not like me for this. Okay. (laughs) It's okay. But I will tell you this. The... Sometimes being strict on your parent, your children and forcing them to go to church might not be the best thing for them. Because God wants a real encounter with them, not a forced encounter with them. How are they going to actually experience God if they think God just wants them to be good and show up on Sundays? Sometimes being strict actually pushes your children away. It's like, I know you have good intentions, but are you allowing them to really experience God in their own time, in their own way? Teach them, yes. Teach them the Bible. Tell them about Jesus. Pray over them. But do not ever force them to do something that God is not wanting for them. He wants them to. Believe me, God wants your children to know him. But sometimes our good intentions get in the way of of God's intentions. Are we using social media to help people? You know? Look, I know there's a lot of conversations about social media and everything like that. But we might have good intentions about posting stuff or liking things or seeing things. But you know that people, I know that Instagram took some of that features away. But people can see what you like 
on, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on Facebook. People can see what you like. And we're like, oh, you know, that's for my own personal. But then people see stuff. People see what you post. People see. Are we, are we having good intentions? Are we, tr- uh, are, are we satisfied with just having good intentions? Or are we going to be more? Are we going to be satisfied with just having good intentions? Are we going to actually give our intentions over to God and say, God, I don't want just good intentions. I want to actually do good. I'm going to actually do good. C.S. Lewis said, relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. This right here, and I know it's a weird transition, but this right here is how we move forward. Every day we're going to have all of the struggles that I've talked about already. What about having good intentions, whether we are giving God, uh, obeying God, or giving God our, our, our plans, our future. We're going to have that every day. So we need to be able to be humble enough to say, God, today, this morning, I need you. Today, this morning, I need you. And if you're having difficulty saying, well, I don't know if all of that is true. Think about it for a moment. Has God been faithful to you before? Make a list. Write it down. Say, what has God done already for me? And sometimes, you know, you might not even realize what God has done for you. Do you have a roof over your head? God has done that for you. Do you have food that you can eat? God has done that for you. Even if it's difficult and it doesn't seem like you You have enough. God is there with you. He is taking care of stuff in our lives. He has provided us in ways that sometimes we don't even see. You know, one one thing about our church history is is really crazy. When we built a new building, we had all kinds of problems. There was a neighborhood association that used to be in the neighborhood our church is in, and they wanted us gone. They did not want our church to be built. They didn't want our building to be built. They they said, no, this is not going to be gone. They took us to court. And in the end, out of a difficult, long process, we ended up being able to get permission to build. And what we didn't know later is that that neighborhood association started, they have infighting among their leadership and the neighborhood association collapsed. God was fighting that battle even though we didn't know. Because there were still people there that were against us and they wanted us out. But God took care of it even though we didn't see it. God is faithful. He has done done things and is doing things to take care of you. So if you're having difficulty trusting God, it's okay. But remember what he's done. Remember what he can do. Remember who he is because God, he doesn't change. The Bible tells us he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't change. So that means he's still faithful. He still loves you. No matter what, he is still here. God is wise and knowledgeable. He knows everything. The, Bible, the, 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 the word we use to describe that is omniscience. That he sees everything at once. And he knows what's going to happen. God is righteous. He is peace. He is love. These are the things that make him who he is. And these are the things that make him worth trusting. So if you are struggling today to trust God, I want to remind you of who he is. He's not what oftentimes the church says. 
God is love. God is hope. He is peace. He is there for you, waiting for you to listen. And there are a lot of people that get it wrong, but he is here with open arms, calling your name, wanting you to know what it is to trust him. So as I close out today, I, I just want to, I always pray two different ways, two different things. I pray for the church, for those of us who have always believed God. But I pray for you, if you're listening to this and you want to know what that is, if you want to know who Jesus is in your life, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you so that you can experience the same things that we have learned of God that we have seen of God, that we have known that he is faithful and good and true in our lives. And if that is you today, I want you to type type in, I want to make a decision in the chat. Or if you don't want to do that, just wherever you are at home, I want you to just raise up your hand right now and close your eyes. And we're going to pray for you. Father God, we thank you for that person right now. And let them say this prayer with us right here. Jesus, I want to trust you. I want to know you. Here I am and give you my life. And for anyone that just said that prayer, God, we put our hands around them. We surround them in prayer, God. We're not physically with them to be able to lay hands on them and touch and bless them, God. But we bless them through this live stream. We let them know that they are not alone and they have become a member of a family, the family of God that is so much more than we could have ever hoped for or imagined, Lord. We ask that you be with them in this moment so that they might come to know you better and trust in you so that they can know your love, they can know your hope and peace in this time of difficulty in their lives. We hope that they would get to, to, to come to us one day so that we can help build them up in the body of Christ so that they might know you each day deeper, better, and closer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you made a decision today, I want you to be able to go to myemmanuelchurch.com slash I have decided. There we want to get to know. We want, we want you to tell us that you've made a decision and we want to be able to connect with you so we can get you some resources of what, what now? What now? And if you, you've been a follower of Jesus, we're going to pray right now because we know that times are difficult. Life is difficult. Life is not easy. And it's not always easy to say, I trust God. But we want to pray. Let's, let's, let's put our trust in God in this moment. Father God, we thank you for your opportunity to be here today. We thank you for your word. Help us to trust you because it's not easy, God. It's not easy to, to remember your faithfulness when everything seems dark. It's not easy to remember what you've helped us through when our situation right now seems hopeless. So help us to trust you today. Help us to remember what you've done and hand over our future, hand over our intentions, hand over our lives to you daily. Not just right now, but daily. So that we can know that you are here with us daily. God, we believe. We want to believe. We want to trust you. So help us, Holy Spirit, to do that deeper, stronger, and better every single day. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. 
you can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystories. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.